Blog Talk Radio. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Just such a strange year this year, Mike. You uh, you never know what's going to happen. We got another Louisville game on uh, Friday night happening during the podcast here. And just don't yep. jinx me. Don't bet on the Cardinals. Last time you bet on the Cardinals, hey, and we had an off game. The defense had hey, an look, off game. They just blocked the punt, scored a touchdown, extra point, seven nothing. See, good to go. Carry on, All my right, brother. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Red versus Blue Friday Night Football. Wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. As always, joined by the big blue co-host himself from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. And, uh, Mike, let's just get it out of the way real quick. Kentucky basketball uh, getting things going tonight and Louisville football, same night. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of fun uh, getting the hoops going uh, along with the football, the pigskin. Everything's uh, everything's happening in the Bluegrass State, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, both uh, – it was a great thing uh, this past week to watch uh, Kevin Ware first shot, bam, nail the three. You know that was pretty cool, and uh, a lot of good stuff happening with the hoops. But uh, we we've, we've got uh, man, we got some unfinished business going on in the NFL, don't we, Scott? Here at the uh, nine o'clock time slot on a Friday night, we absolutely do, Mike. Uh, nine o'clock time slot Friday night. This show sponsored by FFToolbox.com. Uh, this is the uh, the show you can inbox us at uh, redblueradio at gmail.com. You've got us on Twitter at redblueradio. Uh, all kinds of places you can interact with us. Also on Facebook, uh, we're using uh, the Facebook feed for the questions tonight. We asked who is who are the, the lineup decisions that are keeping you up at night. And, uh, Mike, when I asked that question, we got flooded, flooded with questions here i've got uh, 40 of them that we could uh, go through on the air tonight we will try to make some time for that at the end of the program but we are loaded with every single game in the national football league we're going to break down from a fantasy perspective also aj tedesco team gliders on the rotobowl leaderboard uh you could check out the rotobowl leaderboard and he is the only nine and oh team in the entire contest, Mike, that's really hard to do. That just shows you how difficult it is to win head-to-head each and every week and avoiding these guys that, you know, pop 30, 40, and 50 in your face. Very difficult to do. One undefeated team in Rotable, A.J. Tedesco, and one undefeated team in the World Championship, Mike, Mike Edelman. Wow. And he's going to be with us next week. He said, book it. I'm, I'm coming. Uh, I'm going to be 10-0, so I'll be there next Friday night. So we've got two back-to-back potential guests here that are undefeated. There's only one in the main event, and there's one in Rotobo. We've got them on our shows tonight and next Friday. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty tough to do. i tell you what, I'm sitting there in uh, one of my Rotobos. I'm uh, 7-1-1, which is crazy that a tie uh, happened, but we thank the uh, Elias Sports Bureau for that. But anyway, to be undefeated uh, – yeah, you know, you're going to run across some weak teams and uh, this and that, but 
just to go undefeated uh, this late into the uh, fantasy football season uh, is uh, it's remarkable. Uh, so, you know, that's that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to AJ and uh, see how he formulated his team. Well, we're going to get right to it. Uh, again, the Dynasty Football World Championship is going on, and I just got to share this real quick before we jump into all the Week 10. I had to veto my first Dynasty Football World Championship trade, man. I, I, oh. I, I, we put it in the rules. It was a long, lengthy discussion in the preseason before we ever took sign-ups. Everybody wanted to know what's the deal with trades, and we said, look, our, 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 our goal and our intent is not to get involved in trades. What one man does right. with another another man or, or female, whatever it is, whatever right. they decide to do at the trade table is up to them. Now, unless it's a mistake and, you know, you, you immediately email right back the minute you do it or something like that, we totally understand yeah. that. But for a trade, very hard uh, for me to ever veto because I've seen them look one way one year, and then two years later you're proving that uh, it actually looks okay. So – Lay it on there. The phone's going off. The phone always goes off on Friday night after waivers hits. Uh, somebody's trying to call, but they can call the radio show here, the uh, the Red versus Blue show, three four seven three two four five four zero four. If you have a question for me or Mike, we'd be happy to help you. But I had to veto a trade, Mike. And real quick, here was the trade. And there's a couple of factors at play. First of all, well, here we go. The trade was Adrian Peterson and Tony Romo for Nick Toon, Quiz Rogers. And a 2014 first-round pick, and that first-round pick was like the uh, eight or nine pick, I believe, if that's what it is, eight or nine, something like that. No thoughts? No thoughts? Well, uh, uh, one one of the the underlying factors there as well was Adrian Peterson uh, was in the starting lineup of the player in question who traded him away. And he, they, he, the guy accepted the trade, and you know, a little bit after the game had started, and so that's not, that's a, that's a no, no. You can't trade somebody that's in your starting lineup for the week, just like you can't waive somebody that's in your starting lineup for the week. Uh, so you know, look, they'll come back and try the trade again. I asked them, I, I told them, I said, look, you know, uh, we don't get into the business of vetoing trades, but look, you did accept this trade after the the lineups uh, were in. You're not allowed to do that point blank. But I can just advise you, we got more complaints and more email complaints on that trade than any trade so far this year. And there have been some bad ones. There have been some bad ones. But right. Nick Toon, well, Quiz he, Rogers, and a late 2014 first for Adrian Peterson and Tony Romo. What, what is your thought on that, Mike? Well, honestly, uh, obviously the, the team that's getting AP and Romo, they're trying to make a push for uh, this year, this year's title. Uh, yeah. Uh, man, Toon is not much. Quiz, you know, he's been he's been okay this year. Honestly, I mean, he's been good for me in in my rotable team. Uh, 2014 first, which will probably, like you said, be mid pack. I don't know, man. Is it that uh, you, you made the call? And I'll, I'll stand by it. I, I don't know if it's reversible or not, but. Uh, yeah, well, we'll, just... let them, uh, we'll we'll let them work it out. You know, I think if they could just add, improve a piece there, I said, look, that would that would really help out the league, and, and it, would, it would cause people to not be so on edge. One one thing that a lot of league mates do is they get a little antsy about some really bad trades. The bottom line is you can get a lot more for Adrian Peterson than that. I'm going to give them a chance to go back to the well and try again if that's what they really sure. want to do. You can't do, it, you can't do it after lineup started and after your uh, after you had Adrian Peterson in the lineup on Thursday. That has to be reversed for that reason alone. But if you come back but next yeah, week, so, try to bring something to the table so you don't you're not ticking everybody off. You can get more for Adrian Peterson than that. Uh, yeah, well, I agree with that. And uh, you know, I've made a lot of bad decisions in uh, dynasty trades. Uh, you know, I'm I'm glad you really brought this up because uh, you know I'm a I'm a perfect example of making poor decisions on uh, dynasty trades and knowing what's uh, what the value is as far as trading a player now versus a future pick like like the two, 2014 uh, 2014 uh, first rounder you know i i can't i have a hard time evaluating that and maybe that owner does as well so yeah know, the last thing know. i'll say on this is the owner that gave away the draft pick also has a draft pick that's a top 4 pick 
And the fact that he gave him the eight or nine one, uh, you know, that's just a little you did you probably should have gave the guy that one of the top four or at least come back with probably. that one, you know? That that yeah. would be that would be nice. But but again, look, uh, to each their own, obviously in trading uh, as long as it doesn't disrupt the competitive balance of the league, and you do have – it is a national competition. It's, it's leagues taking on leagues, so we do have to be a little sensitive to grossly lopsided trades. And, and I think you're on the borderline of grossly lopsided in that call, just because I think Romo qualifies as an eight or nine type rookie pick uh, in, in a draft. I think that kind of – I think, you know, because of where that is a, in a startup draft, a startup draft, an eight or nine rookie pick, one eight one nine would be drafted somewhere in the – uh, you know, I want to say seventh, eighth round, right? If that, and that's about where Romo would go. And so that washes out. So then you're saying Adrian Peterson is equal to quiz and tune. And that's not really the case there. So a lot, lot more to be had. No, 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 it's not the case, but it, okay. Well, I, I don't think it's that far off, man. <laughs> But but like I said, Scott, I mean, to be honest with you, you you've watched me uh, develop over the years uh, in Dynasty Leagues, and you've watched me completely fail when it comes to uh, trading. And, uh, you know, I, I've learned over the years, so uh, a lot of people will too. So, and that's what it's all about is learning and uh, evaluating and uh, figuring out where these players belong versus uh, future picks. Well, and, and again, it is our first veto of the year. You, when you have this many leagues going on and that many trades going on, we've reviewed a lot of them and we've gotten a lot of complaints on a lot of trades. And so we've been, uh, we've, we've really held our ground for the most right. part this year. So, hey, you know what? Big deal. We vetoed a trade. Try again. I hope you can get it through. You guys can both get what you want. Uh, I think one of them has buyer's remorse now anyway. So uh, questions in the chat room. Thank you to everybody in the, the crew here in the chat room. Some of the best minds in the world of high stakes fantasy football. Uh, we have uh, Urinal Mint in the trap chat room. Uh, Henry Muto. Henry Muto says, who would trade AP for that? Brothers Mayhem is in the chat room. What up, my brother Scott? My red versus blue rotable team you ripped into is creeping up. A little luck, and mm-hmm. I may make a show of it. Uh, Urinal Mint, need one. Lance Moore, Riley Cooper, or Ruben Randall. Man, how do you bench Riley Cooper right now? I mean, this combination with Nick Foles and Riley Cooper is – one of the hottest in the league, obviously, right now. Yeah. Look, it was just one game, but it has been several games. Foles obviously tied the, the touchdown record with seven against the Raiders in week nine. He only had six incompletions. That's very rare. I don't think I've ever heard of something like that. But he now has 20-plus fantasy points in three of his four games this year. One wasn't a full start. One of them came in relief of the Vic injury, remember? And then Cooper, I tell you what, him and him and Foles, they really have something going. In the in Foles three starts, Cooper has fifteen catches, three hundred and fifty yards, four touchdowns. That's some pretty heady numbers, Mike. Yeah. Uh, what do you what do you think about Riley Cooper going forward? Yeah, they're really connecting. I, I still worry about that bounce factor. Uh, I always do with uh you know, receivers, running backs or uh those specialty players. That they have such a big game, I always worry about that very next game. They could go yeah. two for two for twenty with uh, no no TDs or anything yeah. like that. Jared Boykin. Uh, so you know that that's something to uh, something to keep an eye on. But uh, Foes and Cooper, man, they, they do uh, they do continue to connect. It, it just uh, you know it, if Cooper, if you're between Cooper and somebody else, like uh, let's say Lance Moore and who else was that, Scott? Uh, Lance Moore, Riley Cooper, and Reuben Randall. I got, I got Riley Cooper. Got to. Absolutely. Now, yeah, between Reuben Randall, Randall and uh, – <laughs> I don't know. Randall, Randall would be a consideration just because uh, Raiders, what they allowed to the Eagles last week. And, uh, look, there, there's a couple of things about the whole New York Giants situation that I'm not real happy about. I mean, you know, you have the Cruz injury. He, he did get out there on the field and get some practice time in. Uh, but he's been on a four-game scoring drought. And, and if I had to ask you, Mike, how long has it been since Hakeem Nix has scored a touchdown? How, what would you say? How long what? I'm sorry you how broke many, up. What? How many games has it been since Hakeem Nix scored a touchdown? Uh, I, I, it's been forever, and gosh, take when guess. was it? Take, take a guess. How many games? Uh, was it week two? Eleven game scoring streak. Wow! An eleven wow. game scoring streak. 
Now, Reuben Randall, he has a touchdown in three of his last four, but he didn't have any catches last game. I, I, Reuben Randall is a nice, safe consideration there in, in that game against Oakland. Again, the, the number one wide receivers really do well against the Raiders. Seven of eight games against the Raiders this year, the number one receiver has 80 yards or a touchdown. So that's, that's very encouraging uh, if, you're, if you're playing the Raiders week to week. So, uh, But, look, hey, Riley Cooper would be very hard to bench. You can go to the toolbox rankings, and you can kind of get a feel for where I'm at on a lot of the players heavily involved in those rankings. And we can pull those up here. We see Ruben Randall, 25th, and we're not as high on Riley Cooper yet. We're not as high on Riley Cooper. Uh, again, this is a standard scoring that I'm pulling up. Riley Cooper, well, 40. Well, so another, look. Uh, another, high, end, high end number four and, a, and a not a good number three. Yeah, and like I said, Scott, another thing is just, you know, wait. it's kind of a wait and see with Riley Cooper. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, that was an awesome game last week, and he has the capabilities of uh, doing that over and over again. But, uh, you know, I want to – I love to see it once, but show me again, and uh, and and we'll see what happens. And for instance, uh, Raleigh Cooper and uh, at Green Bay, uh, Philly yeah. and Green Bay, the over the over and under is forty seven. So you know, there's there's opportunities there. So uh, you know, the over and under being forty seven with no Aaron Rodgers, which tells me that there's going to be some scoring being had by Philly. Then again, with no Aaron Rodgers, who's going to show up for the Packers? The defense in front of that home crowd, they are going to be asked to step up. These are grown men we're talking about. They're going to be asked to step up in that game. And Cooper and Foles, they're going to have to do it in front of a raucous, a hostile crowd there in Green Bay. So I'm not, I'm not as, I would probably say Ruben Randall in that, in that situation. You know, man, good, good question in the chat room. And uh, look, yeah. We can we can we can ask uh, Gliders uh, AJ what he thinks of Hakeem Nicks because he has Hakeem Nicks and he's led him to a nine and zero record. So we're going to bring him in right now from the four one two. AJ, welcome to Red versus Blue. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, AJ, how's it going? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Hey, AJ, uh, I'm a little, beater, right? a little worried about a jinx here getting this interview at nine and zero. I'm down yeah. four one three. <laughs> You should be very worried. There is always a jinx at play when you come on Red versus Blue, uh, so you, you might as well just embrace it and uh, and go for it, man. Forty uh, third overall in Rotoball, it's got to feel good, and uh, you've done it nine and zero. Oh. It's 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 more impressive to be nine and zero oh than forty third overall, don't you think? You know what? Uh, um, it's, it's a lot of luck and uh, mainly just being injury free. Uh, that's the key thing. You know, I look at my. Uh, FFWC team and, and look at the injuries that can happen and, and I haven't had those in the Roto Bowl. AJ Tedesco, Team Gliders playing in the Roto Bowl, uh, not nine and zero overall. And I'm I'm going to go ahead and pull up the draft board here just to kind of get in your mind before we start breaking down. We're going to have AJ helping us break down these Week Ten games, uh, trying to trying to look at everything we've got here. Okay, there you are, Gliders. You drew the five pick and Charles fell to you. Thank God you didn't get Foster. Foster went at four. You get Charles sandwiched between actually Richardson, Foster, and Martin and Rice, man. Look at that first round, Mike. It starts <laughs> off Adrian Peterson, Calvin Johnson, and then Landmine City. Doug Martin, Arian Foster, Jamal Charles for gliders, Trent Richardson, Spiller, and Rice. I mean, wow, out of those eight picks, only three worked out, and, and uh, A.J. got Charles. Then he comes on and takes Reggie Bush, Andre Johnson, Hakeem Nix, Steve Smith, Still is your number three, has a lot of room uh, for growth, and he's still uh, healthy. Tony Gonzalez in the sixth, Mike Wallace in the seventh, Matt, Matty Ice, Matt Ryan in the eighth. Here comes the big play, Danny Woodhead in the ninth. That's how he's Beautiful. Danny Woodhead in the ninth. And then, uh, look, he's taking some flyers. He's taking some shots. Uh, he gets Martellus Bennett in the 13th. That's been huge. And uh, that pretty much tells the story, right, right AJ? Uh, well, I'd also throw in there that, you know, those first couple of weeks, Bilal Powell actually oh. came through for me. And then, you know, he's, fa- he's faded off since. But those first couple of weeks, he was a contributor. But, yeah, yeah Danny Woodhead was the key. Have you not in the uh, waiver wire? Have, have you pulled anything out of, the, out of your hat there? No, no, uh, actually I haven't because, uh, like I said, I've been injury-free and I've kind of left left the team as is. So, I, so, so the, I don't know. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, but real quick, AJ, how, uh, how much money do you have left? Uh, waiver wire. 
I, I, I don't know exactly, but I probably got at least 900 some left. He's got wow. 948 left, Mike. Wow. He's not an old, he's got 948 wow. left. <laughs> you only you have four more weeks to use that, and that's when it runs up. You got till the end of uh, you got till week 13 to use it. So you 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 uh, you have week 10 here. You just did it. Week 11, week 12, week 13. You got three more after this. Yeah, uh, and, and nobody's and gonna. I, nobody's I hope, gonna I hope that injury it. don't come to where I really need to use it. Yeah, nine and zero is very uh, difficult to do in head to head. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's something else. Room. Man, we got, some, we got some Arizona boys pulling in. Uh, AJ, let's tell everybody, uh, before we break down the Week 10 games, uh, tell everybody where you're from and uh, a little bit about yourself and how you heard about Roto Bowl. Uh, well, I'm from McKeesport, Pennsylvania, and uh, if you're not aware, it's, it's about uh, 20 minutes south of Pittsburgh. I am the Community Development Director for the city of McKeesport. And uh, Rotable, I, I, actually, I saw it through the ads when I was signing up for the FFWC. And I was looking for a couple extra games to get into, and it looked like something that interested me. I was in it last year. I wasn't as successful, but uh, it's worked out this year. And it feels a lot better when you're winning. You know, the wife uh, knows that you're winning because you're not yelling at the TV on Sundays as much. <laughs> you're more enjoying things. And on Sunday night, you're kind of – relaxed in the bed when you're hanging out, and she she kind of knows that you're ahead or you're up or you've got the win in the bag. Isn't that how it goes? Oh, always, always. It's a lot easier when you're winning. <laughs> when you say you're pony up this kind of money for fantasy football every year, you want to win. Now, how long have you been playing uh, fantasy football so far? Well, my first league ever probably was when I was in about 7th or 8th grade, probably back in 1991. And, uh, and then I've been in a keeper league with my friends every year since 1995. So it's been a long while. And you started playing high stakes uh, with Rotable last year, or what's, what's the story there? Um, I, I started out with the old uh, World Championship gotcha. of fantasy football, and that probably was around 2005, I think, was my first year with them. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've played in one league or another every year since then. Well, hey, we let are me ask you, AJ, have you, uh, have you had a chance to uh, get out to Vegas? Yes, yes. I, I've been out there uh, probably six of the last uh, eight years. I've been able to awesome, out. awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, I have to remember, and uh, we'll hook up next year. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I got to meet Scott out there this, this past year. Good deal. And Good it, deal. It, it was a lot of fun. We, uh, we had the Mirage uh, Invitational Draft in there. We had the Mirage Kickoff Party. And then the uh, the drafts, obviously, on Friday and, and Saturday. It was so much fun. And then Sunday, we worked all Saturday night, actually, to get all the rosters in and all the lineups in. That was a lot of fun. We got every, everybody's lineup in. And then I uh, I actually got some food in the hotel, still working on lineup requests, you know, because that Thursday game's kind of quirky. And we worked on those lineups all Sunday morning. Games are kicking off. So I wasn't actually – I didn't actually get to enjoy the kickoff because I was working, you know, and it was a sacrifice. And I sat back and I said, you know yeah. what, this is the first year – that I haven't been able to enjoy the kickoff, you know, that action in the sports book with all the with all the fellas and uh, you know what, but it was oh, well yeah. worth it. We wanted to pull off a good event and we wanted to make sure that uh, people had their lineups in and their live scoring in there. So that was uh, that was really important to us. But uh, a lot of fun here. Let's move on. We got we got the games. We got a lot of them to cover here. Lions at the Bears. We had the Redskins and the Vikings on Thursday night. That was a nice offensive thriller. John Carlson comes out of nowhere, and all your all your stars kind of showed up last night. Sunday, we have the Lions at the Bears. Sunday at 1 o'clock, Stafford's thrown for 350 in each of his last two games. Calvin Johnson had the big monster game last week. You know you're going to start all those guys, Reggie Bush. I'll tell you, a sneaky guy that I really like is Chris Durham. Uh, Mike, Chris Durham has been one of these guys that you can count on for that 10 to 12 range every week in the bag. He had 17 catches over the last three games, okay? And 58 yeah. yards receiving in the first game against Chicago. This is a, this guy just kind of gets open, and since Pettigrew hasn't been doing much, the, the passes yeah. that don't go to Calvin are going to go to Chris Durham. He gets open. Yeah, and that's what that's where it's going to be because they're going to continue to double Calvin, uh, but even if that's going to help, uh, double and triple Calvin. And uh, Chris Durham, I mean, he's, he's become a, a real viable option uh, for uh, Matt Stafford. And uh, Pettigrew, I'm, I'm not sure what's happened with Pettigrew. Uh, 
you know, I might uh, throw it over to AJ. AJ, uh, what do you think? Uh, what's going on with uh, Brandon Pettigrew? I know you might not have a dog in that fight, but uh, what do you think about Brandon Pettigrew and his uh, productivity there in Detroit? Uh, you know what? I, I really don't. You know, he, when he came onto the scene a couple of years ago, it it looked like you had a future star at tight end, and he, he just really flamed out. And uh, you know, he's looking to go the way of Ricky Dudley right now, and. I, I don't know if they're going to replace him or, or what the deal is with Pettigrew anymore. We got a Ricky Dudley reference on Red versus Blue tonight. Hey, yeah. hey. Uh, look, look, there's not much else in this game to talk about. I love Chris Durham in the daily games at DraftKings. Are you playing in the Are you playing in the DraftKings game yet? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, you got to try. It's so much fun. I know you you got a lot of action going on in Rotable, so it's nice yep. to have that team to root for. Uh, but I've been playing this DraftKings game uh, all this season religiously. We're, we're in with it. It is exciting. Every weekend you have your lineup going, and it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. And we have a little uh, toolbox contest that's been selling out. Uh, a lot of fun. But they're, they're giving away a million. They're giving away $3 million in week 16, and somebody's going to win a million dollars. And so we're trying to get good enough to play in that game in week 16 so we know what, kind of, what we're doing. We've got to pick a lineup. And, uh, yeah, you eventually you'll I give just- it a shot. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, I did it again this week, and I put together my lineup. Uh, actually, uh, A.J. Scott, I I did it two weeks ago. I, I missed last week, and I put my lineup this put my lineup in this week, and it is so horrific. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. But it's so much fun. I mean, because it's that one lineup. It's like what Scott talked about two, three weeks ago. You know, you got so many leagues, all this going on, but – it's it's kind of fun to just watch that one team, that one lineup. And as a matter of fact, I, I can't wait to watch this lineup, and it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I would like to ask you, uh, AJ, real quick, uh, you're playing Team Williamson this week, and uh, they put 41, uh, almost 42 points on you. Uh, what do you think about that right now? Nah, yeah, nothing. yeah, that, that goes to the whole jinx I was talking about. But uh, luckily, the only uh, I only had my defense playing that night, so I got a lot right. of room to catch up. He's not afraid. He's nine and zero, Mike. When you're nine and zero, you're not afraid. Right. You win every game. You face adversity. Uh, look, in the rest of this game, I like like I said, I like Chris Durham. Uh, they're not going to rush Nate Burleson back that fast. And then on the other side of the ball, Josh McCown was our secret star last week. He did a, he did a fine job. Jay Cutler is back. Forte, you got Alshon Jeffrey, Marshall, and Bennett. You got in your lineups. Not a lot of other calls that you really have to make. So let's move on to the Bengals at the Ravens, another 1 o'clock game. Mike, look, we know this injury to Ed Dixon has been very painful for uh, for the whole uh, Baltimore uh, – or I mean, I mean to Dennis Pitta. The, the, the injury has been very devastating right. for Joe Flacco and for Torrey Smith. Torrey Smith's supposed to be a number one wide receiver, and he's not because of the injury to Dennis Pitta because they're able to just completely swarm this guy. It's been leaving opportunities for guys – uh, as the number two and the number three, you lose uh, Anquan Bolden. And so now you have Marlon Brown stepping up. You have Deontay Thompson stepping up. Ray Rice, they haven't been in, been using. He's been in a massive slump. It questioned you to even start him because it's been going on and on and on. He was held to 17 yards on 11 carries, and he's only rushed for more than 50 yards in just one game. That's Ray Rice I'm talking about. He's found the end zone one time in his last six games. So, when I look at the two backs on the field here, Bernard or Ray Rice, you're starting Giovanni Bernard. Uh, that's just the way it's going right now. This is not a good year for Ray. But I got to think that this is the game that Baltimore gets it back on track. What's the line on this game, Mike? Yeah, the line, uh, actually, Cincinnati is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. And when I was going through these games uh, throughout the entire uh, week yeah. weekend yeah. for the NFL, I almost took every home team. It's, yep. it's incredible how the way it sets up. But uh, in this particular game, uh, Cincinnati is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I like the Ravens. I like Baltimore. Who do you like in this game, A.J.? Uh, I like the way Cincinnati's playing. I think Andy Dalton's playing with a lot of confidence. Uh, they're starting to be able to utilize Bernard the way that the Ravens should be utilizing Rice. And I, I, just, I just like the direction the Bengals are going. Yeah, well, and that's the right answer. This is just a complete gut check call here for the Ravens. Uh, look, you have to start Torrey Smith. You got to keep Ray Rice in your lineup. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Marvin Jones is a guy that if you're considering in that wide receiver three or four range, you have to you have to kind of get him in here. Should have had his touchdown streak extend to four games. 
but that, that it was called back on a on a on a penalty. Uh, I think it was holding. So, you know, he played a season high 50 snaps last week and and in a season high 41 passing routes. These are very good numbers for Marvin Jones and a number two wide receiver. It looks like he has cemented that role. And, and you need to keep him in the lineup in this game well, uh, against the Ravens. Yeah, I agree. And one more thing real quick on this game that you guys got to realize is uh, it's November 8th. Uh, isn't this about the time that Joe Flacco starts to throw the ball aggressively uh, and starts to kind of go off? <laughs> well, and don't forget, Greg Little and Devon Best, two scores. Got a hold of the Ravens good last week. Uh, so those are those types of receivers. Marvin Jones Sanu may have a big game uh, in this game against the um, against the Ravens. Bills at the Steelers. Oh, DJ Spiller is finally back and he looks healthy. He looks good. 155 total yards for Spiller. Only played 23 snaps. So this guy, uh, they just need to give him more work. They need to trust him with more work. And I think that that's what you'll see this week. Fred Jackson didn't get it done for only the second time all year. He ran 16 times for 77 yards, still got a catch for 22. So he's around that 100-yard mark. Uh, both guys are viable starters. But Pittsburgh, when you look at Pittsburgh defense, they've allowed three rushing scores in each of the last two games. So could be a big Bills running back day. Other than that, I'm not getting excited about E.J. Manuel or Stevie Johnson or Robert Woods yet, not against this Steeler team, Mike. No, uh, you know, I'm not excited about anybody's playing in this game other than maybe Emmanuel Sanders. This guy is really stepping up here lately. And, uh, you know, with Pittsburgh being at home, uh, again, I see uh, a home team winning. I, I, I really like Pittsburgh in this game. Uh, but, uh, you know, if I'm going to get excited about anybody in, the, uh, in this game, it's going to be Emmanuel Sanders. We are at the FF Toolbox Command Center here in Indianapolis, uh, Indiana. We just have a question in the chat room. Griff or Brazil from Open Field but ahead. Uh, we, we definitely we definitely call Griff right now. We're pretty uh, pretty happy with where he's at. Uh, and the fact that, look, yeah, right now they're throwing to Hilton and Fleener, and that's about it. Uh, so there, there, there's going to be some balls there for Griff Whalen uh, and that Stanford connection. Uh, AJ, what do, you have, what, do you, what do you think about this game, this Bill Steelers game? Well, well, you know, I get to watch every Steelers game here, and, uh, oh, yeah. I, I love Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. He, he yeah. is a talent. He's an every down back. Uh, he's, he's starting to get his groove. You know, he's, he's a threat out of the backfield. He's huge. Uh, I think he's, he's going to be a player down the stretch. So I'm going to ask you right now, the Bills have allowed only one running back to rush for a score all year. And none have found the end zone uh, in three straight. So let me ask you a question. Do you think Le'Veon Bell gets in the end zone this week? At least once. Ooh, okay. Well, you know what? He's got 99 yards or a touchdown in three straight games. He's averaging over uh, 15 points a game during that span. So, look, you're starting Antonio Brown. You're starting Emmanuel Sanders. The one guy that gets no respect in the high stakes community just yet is Jericho Cotter. He leads all the receivers with five touchdowns, about three of them last week. But he gets no respect, no respect for this guy. Jericho Cotter was going for a dollar on waivers, Mike, and he was going undrafted in the dynasty still and unpicked up in the waivers. Uh, you think Jericho Cotri has anything left in him, Mike? I, you know what, Jericho Cotri, I mean, he's been off. He went off last two, what, two, three, four weeks? Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, it's pretty tough call. I mean, you got to pretty much stay with Jericho. And, uh, but, uh, you know, Antonio, he's been kind of disappointing. So, it's a tough call. I mean, AJ, it's, uh, I mean, what do you think? It's pretty heads up there. Well, you know, they, they like to spread the field. They, they took, they, you know, they used to run the fullback and the grind it out style here in Pittsburgh, and now they've got rid of the fullback and go with the three wide and the one tight and the and the, and the running back in the backfield, and that's opened up everything underneath for Cotry. Yeah, Heath Miller has not scored in two straight games and has not reached 50 yards receiving in three straight games. That's a little discouraging there. I was going to trade for Mike uh, in a dynasty just for a quick pickup, and I and I was like, nah, you know, I'm not going to do it. Uh, but you can count on this. You can count on Pittsburgh receivers and Ben Roethlisberger having a big day. I'm predicting at least two scores for Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, this is against the Buffalo Bills. They're allowing the fourth most yards uh, and second most fantasy points to the wide receiver position. So it's going to happen. We talked about the Eagles and the Packers earlier in the program. 
Uh, let's let's look at it on each side of the ball. Eagles, you're starting Foles very likely this week. You're starting McCoy. You're starting D-Jack. Riley Cooper right yep. now is a high-end four. Uh, not anything more than that. I'm probably putting my three guys in unless I've got real uh, damages to the position. And you may. At this point in the season, your, your wide receiver position may be damaged. You may have had Randall Cobb and Reggie Wayne, and you got to put Riley Cooper in there. Totally understand that. I'm not trying to talk you off that ledge because he can be actually fantastic. But I'm telling you where he's at right now. He's about a he's a low end three, high end four right now until I see another game from him, especially at Green Bay, hostile crowd. Eddie Lacy, monster, absolute monster, leads the NFL with 545 yards rushing over the last five games. There's not a better running back in the league right now, just pounding and ground and pound, uh, old Rex Ryan style. And this team, this Philly uh, team, gave up over 100 yards to Rashad Jennings last week, Mike. Yep, uh, that's right. And uh, uh, the, the question I was going to ask is, uh, what do you think about uh, Jordy Nelson? Uh, how uh, How is he going to be affected? Let's face it, as far as uh, fantasy football, fantasy points, uh, when Aaron Rodgers is out of the equation, you have to talk about your Jordy Nelson and, uh, you know, guys like that. I mean, is he's obviously he's going to be affected negatively, but is it going to be that much? Uh, you know what? It, it's just hard to say. It's just hard to say. This is a game, as far as Seneca Wallace is concerned, that's my main concern. That's my main concern in this game is, is right. what the Seneca Wallace do to these wide receivers. And Jordy Nelson, he was the target of eight of those 19 pass attempts once he took over on Monday night, but he connected on just three of them for 40 yards. He's clearly the top target, but what he, what is he going to do with them? How accurate are the passes going to be? If he gets to 200 yards, I think you're lucky. If he gets a touchdown, I think you're lucky. That's very concerning when I've got Jordy and Boykin and now James Jones back in action. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it's got to be a thing, lot of Eddie Lacy, and it's like. got to be a lot of defense. Well, the one thing I do like is that uh, Jordy, I mean, he does like to run some short routes, which, you know, might help out uh, with, uh, with Seneca Wallace and, and things like that. That over and under in that game is still posted at 47. So, you know, I mean, obviously Vegas is expecting Green Bay to score because yep. they're a one-point favorite. So, uh, so there might be some – it might, might, might not be such a downfall for Jordy uh, as we may expect. All right, we've got to get rolling, guys. We've got a lot of games to cover. Seahawks at the Falcons. Uh, what do I really want to say here? I, I want to tell you this. Doug Baldwin had more snaps than Golden Tate last week. I will tell you that. Uh, that was something that stood out to me. Roddy White is healthy, but he's matching up on Sherman this week. That's not a good time to get him back in your lineup. Unfortunately, if you have Roddy White, you've been waiting desperately. You probably have to to go ahead and do it, but don't expect much uh, because he is matched up with Sherman. I do like Golden Tate, but, again, it's interesting to note that Doug Baldwin is leading the snaps uh, in that game. I'm not a fan of Steven Jackson. If I have him, I'm not starting him. I mean, I'm, I'm starting him, I guess, if I have to, but I'm just not expecting much. I'm looking anywhere else I can than starting Steven Jackson uh, in the week. And, and uh, Mike, is there anything else here in this game? I mean, you know you're starting Lynch. You know, yeah. I mean, those are, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, you're starting Lynch. Uh, there is uh, one question I have. I'm going to throw it uh, AJ and yourself, Scott. Is uh, you know I'm I'm kind of uh, I got to start one of these two running backs, um, Rashard Mendenhall, which we'll mm. touch on that here in a bit, or uh, Jacquez Rogers. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I go I go I go Quiz Rogers which in our one? PPR format. Yeah, Quiz, uh, Quiz Rogers. Uh, yeah, I would have to go with Rogers as well. I think Mendenhall's uh, yeah. he's a broken horse at this point. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, and I they're, got the right and they're at home in front of the in front of their home crowd, probably playing from behind in a big big game. This is the this is a rematch uh, of that playoff game, and you know the Falcons or the Seahawks are going to want to get the game back. And look, even though Seattle D struggling, the Falcons have allowed defenses to score twenty plus uh, for the Cardinals and the Panthers of the last two weeks. I'm pretty. I would be pretty excited about that if I we could get them in. But look, Seattle allowed Zach Stacy and Mike James to run all over them the last couple of weeks. It, it, I wouldn't be shocked to see Steven Jackson at home getting his wheels behind him a little bit. Uh, so, look, you're starting Steven Jackson. It's, it's a moot point anyway. So, Right. But but still, uh, Jaquiz Rogers, I mean, he's still going to get his touches. He's still going to uh, uh, out of the backfield. And uh, you never know. He's electrifying. I mean, you give, you give him third and, third and three or something like that, and uh, you never know what's going to happen. 
And we got a question in the chat room. Just going ahead and answering that real quick. Uh, T.Y., a start again? Oh, yes, absolutely. T.Y. is definitely a start every week. Harry Douglas, this is another guy that I'd be a little worried about. Uh, he has 80-plus yards in three straight games and 120-plus in two. I mean, it could be, it could be difficult uh, sledding for Harry Douglas this week. I would say if anything's going to happen for the Falcons, it'll be Jackson, Quiz Rogers, Gonzalez, a little bit of action back to Roddy White, and that's about it. Not a lot of touchdowns for the Falcons. I just don't, I just don't think they're going to do much against Seattle. Uh, they don't have a lot to play for right now. Rams at the Colts. Zach Stacy, he's a beast, right? Only running back in the NFL with 125 yards rushing in back-to-back games this year. Punched in his first rushing touchdown last week. Very impressive young running back here, Mike. Zach Stacy, do you have him in any of your dynasty leagues? I do not. I have. I, I do not have Zach Stacy anywhere, and I would like to have him, but on the other side of it. I don't know. Is it just a uh, little flash in the pan? We'll see. Well, I don't think Zach's. A, I don't think it's a flash in the pan. I, I think he shows you what 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 a running back can do when a team actually is committed to running running the guy twenty five to thirty times a game. Yeah, and uh, you don't see that yep. in any other team. That's right. And, and look, for what it's worth, this, this if you have a St. Louis wide receiver, you're not really thinking about starting him pretty much any week of the season, especially with Kellen Clemens throwing the ball. But for what it's worth. The opposing number one receiver has scored in four straight games against the Colts. I mean, that could be good for Chris Givens. He is kind of that deep ball number one there. And I do remember the Rams beating the Colts last year. It was in St. Louis. But, yeah, just, just keep that in the back of your head. If you're really desperate, uh, that might be worth a look because of uh, Indianapolis's inability to stop the number one. You're definitely starting Andrew Luck. The name that keeps coming up in my inbox every day is Trent Richardson. Do I start him? Is this the week? What do you do with him? Wow. 32 carries, 97 yards his last three games. If there was ever going to be a game that you would start him, it would be this one. If he's going to break out, it would be this game. AJ, we want to hear from you. The chat room wants to hear from you. What do you got? Yeah, you know what? This, this is a case where you know the Cleveland Browns management would love to tell everybody we told you so. But uh, obviously something's wrong with Richardson. You know, he, he turned into a, just a plodding running back. And now it looks like the Colts see what the Colts or what the Browns had seen earlier. For him to be splitting time with uh, Donald uh, Brown, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah Mike, this, uh, this yeah, is a situation yeah, I, I, where Don Green is almost more appealing than Trent Richardson at this point. Yeah, it, it, it's incredible. Uh, just like what A.J. was saying, uh, you know, it, it seemed like Trent, uh, Trent Richardson was going to come to Indy and uh, everything was going to be just rosy, everything was going to be fine. It was a big blockbuster trade and this and that. Next thing you know uh, – He's just um, so, so kind of back. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. It's tough. This is when you can't get too excited about statistics. Uh, Houston had allowed only two receiver scores entering last week's game. T.Y. Hilton torches them for three. That's the kind of year we're having. Uh, you can't really get too wrapped up in these statistics right. and looking up too much here. Kobe Fleener, 60 yards on a score or a score in two straight games and four of his last seven the Rams haven't allowed much of the tight ends of anything. They haven't allowed a tight end to score since week four. So, um, uh, you know, again, stats, stats, whatever. Uh, I, I think, again, if, if Richardson is, is going to do it, he better do it this game. This is the game to, to get him in there and get him going. And the fact that they are a little thin in the wide receiver department, it would make a lot of sense to get Trent Richardson going and get him back in your lineup. Jaguars at the Titans. Here's the game I've been wanting to talk about all night. And, and why do you ask? Yeah. You know, why, why do you want to talk about Jaguars and the Titans? Because I love this Mike Brown kid, and I want to, I want to find out from AJ yeah. if I'm too high on the kid. I'm ecstatic about this kid. He's been targeted 14 times, and he's caught eight of them for 160 yards and a touchdown. 10-plus fantasy points in both games uh, in non-PPR. Now, when you talk about our scoring, you know, you, you've got even more to that. But, look, if he's getting seven targets a game, my rationale, with Blackman in the lineup, Without Blackman in the lineup, the offense is going to be hurting, right? Uh, you're going to have to count on the run game a little bit more. But he's at least good for those seven targets a game. He was getting them as a number three. Now he's number two. He's going to get seven targets a game. And in DraftKings salaries, man, you can pick this guy up on the cheap still. So he's definitely a guy I want in my lineup. Whether he scores or not, it's fine. But I find his floor, much like Durham's, to be that 12-point range that you know you could just go ahead and count on because it's going to happen. Plus, Tennessee has a very good cornerback. It's going to be matched up on Cecil Shorts pretty much for most of the game. A.J., what are your thoughts on Mr. Mike 
Brown. Well, well, I don't know how sold I am on his talent, but the the Jaguars are going to be playing from behind every minute of every game for the rest of the year. Yeah. So the the targets are going to be there, but they they're just going to throw the ball constantly. So almost by just by playing the numbers, he's going to end up with five for seventy on a bad day. Yep, Mike Brown a lot. Um, you know, I, I picked him up in one of my dynasty leagues uh, about, gosh, it was uh, three, four weeks ago. And just, to, you know, because of his age and because of his capabilities. I mean, this guy, I mean, he has limited quarterbacks throwing to him, and he's still able to do what he can do. I mean, I love the guy as a player. Uh, but, you know, like what A.J. said, you know, he, he put it spot on perfect. They're coming from behind. He's going to get ton of targets, ton of targets. Uh, the guy I love in this game is uh, Chris Johnson. He's coming back, guys. I'm telling you, he's coming back. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't doubt that. Chris Johnson coming off a season best 150 yards and two scores against the Rams. That should tell you what T. Rich's potential is right there. He's got 100 yards and a score in each of his last two games. Running backs have multiple touchdowns and 30 plus fantasy points against the Jags in three straight games uh they are getting absolutely clobbered in the running department for the year jacksonville has allowed 100 plus running back yards a league high six times no team has allowed more running back yards per game than the jags 130 on the year and they also give up a league worst 4.7 yards per carry yeah start chris johnson okay start sean green get them both in the lineup yeah. The one thing that's interesting about this Jaguar team is, you know, to be fair, no quarterback has produced 20 fantasy points against the Jags in the last three straight games, and that includes Peyton Manning and Phillip Rivers. Wow. Uh, yeah, you know, you got to be kind of uh, – the, the reason, the reason is because you can, run, you can run on them all day. <laughs> Remember right. Moreno went off yeah. on them and Peyton didn't have yeah. a good day, and uh-huh. you're like, what the hell happened? Moreno, uh, yeah. they ran on them. <laughs> So sometimes that's in the, the the numbers are behind the numbers, but I was wrong on Kendall Wright last week. I think I'll be right this week. I think Kendall Wright will get something done and, and get something going. I wouldn't really be excited to start anybody else, including Nate Washington. Uh, Raiders at the Giants. We talked a little bit about earlier. I don't think we have to harp too much on that. I think the Giants defense is going to really come back in this one. They've had a week off. Uh, they're getting healthy at the right time. Jason Pierre-Paul's coming back. They're really excited. Andre Bounds coming back with a limited set here on the offense. I guess you got to start guys like Rashad Jennings and Denarius Moore, uh, Terrell Pryor. I guess you got to get them in the lineup. Uh, and you have to start your giant wide receivers, I guess, but I'm not excited. I would order them this week, Cruz, Randall, Nicks. Nicks has not scored in 11 straight games. I, I, I need to wait and see from him. Uh, he's got to get going before I just keep blindly throwing him in my lineup this week. So I'm starting guys uh, that I have to, you know, over uh, over Hakeem Nicks. Uh Mike, Panthers at the Niners. I want to talk to you and A.J. about this game. Uh, you've got a, a, a running back situation. This, this is a defensive battle, right? This is, this is a defensive battle. You guys feel good about Kaepernick or Cam, Cam Newton this week? The defenses are pretty stout. A.J., I'll ask you first. Well, you, you look, Cam, uh, Kaepernick hadn't had the, his running game going most of the year. Now, the last two weeks, all of a sudden, he's gotten it going. I don't see that happening in this game. Uh, they're just going to stuff that line of scrimmage. That front line for the Panthers is just dominant. So they're going to have to air it out more than they like. You know what, AJ? I, I couldn't agree with you more because, first off, Carolina is one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now, and people need to take notice. Their defense is badass. Their offense is feeding off their defense. I've heard a, a couple different interviews uh, – with their uh, uh, linemen and stuff, uh, I tell you what, Carolina is a very hot team right now. They're getting six points. The over and under is 43. As far as fantasy goes, you know, I don't think there's going to be a lot of fantasy uh, points scored in this game, whether it be Kaepernick, Gore, uh, Vernon Davis on the other side, uh, Cam Newton, Steve Smith, uh, D-Well, I, I don't see – yeah. This is going to be a tough game for fantasy uh, fantasy owners. Yeah, Steve Smith hasn't reached 70 in a game yet this year in eight tries. And uh, Greg Olson, it does sound like the foot injuries behind him, but the Niners have given up just one tight end score in their last four games. I'm not excited about either of those guys. I, I guess I'll play Olson if I, you know, he's my tight end. 
Uh, I, I'm looking for other guys this week, and I did forget to mention Brandon Myers last uh, in the last game matchup against the Giants. He's facing his former team, the Raiders. He does want this one really bad. They were talking about it in his local paper, uh, and he's been interviewed about it. And so I think Eli's going to try to get him the ball. The revenge factor, you know, like Chris Ivory last week, you gotta you gotta look for that revenge factor. So that might be an option. Uh, Kaepernick has a rushing touchdown each of the last two games, but the Panthers are vicious against quarterbacks. They haven't allowed multiple passing touchdowns or 17 fantasy points to a quarterback all year. So if you want Kaepernick, well, the Panthers so far haven't allowed it. Now, can they buck the trend? Yes. Uh, Can uh, Darrell Young uh, get four touchdowns against a team that hadn't allowed any one rushing touchdown? Yes, it can happen. Uh, Just like T.Y. Hilton scored three on on a defense that had only allowed one all year. But but statistically speaking, Carolina has been very stout. They haven't allowed a 300-yard passer in seven straight games. They're giving up 10 points per game to the position. That's a league low. You don't want to start any quarterback, unless it's Peyton Manning or Drew Brees or something, right, against the Carolina Panthers right now. They they invested in their defense for years. We've been looking at this team in the draft and saying, do do something with the offense. And they're like, no, no, we're going to take defense. We're like, what are you doing? Well, they were doing it for this reason. Yeah. I, I, it's got to be because it, the, the defense is really coming together, and, and I don't think people can appreciate it just yet until you really get to see it. I'm not high on Anquan Bolden. He doesn't have a touchdown catch in four straight games. Amazing. This guy looks so good week one. Where where are you at, Anquan? Come on, get going. Uh, AJ, anything to see on Jonathan Stewart? Uh, I don't see it. I mean, even best-case scenario, he's still splitting the bulk of the carries with D'Angelo, and those goal line carries are going to go to Tolbert. Actually, I think Tolbert's probably the most talented running back of the three. Right. Yep. <laughs> yep. He's been outscoring him, and uh, you know he's been given a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities. Tolbert's been a been a beast, and so that's something that uh, San Francisco D. Uh, I'm sure they're they're already ready for, but they better be ready for it on Sunday. Nine minutes left in the program, four games to go. I don't know if we're going to get there. Texans at the Cardinals. I'll tell you this. Uh, I, and it sounds like Arian Foster, not good news. He may be out for the year, but Ben Tate likely to be the man, likely going to get the start. Dennis Johnson, the other guy you got to pick up and see what happens with him. He's kind of like this unknown, unknown 5'8 kid, so we'll see what happens with him. Uh, very low difficult. Over, low, real, real, quick, real quick, Scott, low over and under on that game, 41 and a half. Be careful if you're a DeAndre Hopkins owner, uh, if you have another option, you may want to go that route. Yeah, Andre and DeAndre. It's going to be tough. You've got to start Andre, of course. But being right. matched up on Patrick Peterson is usually not good. Uh, Harry Douglas hung 121 yards in him. So, you know, I, I, I have faith in Case Keenum. I like this kid. He's the Brett Favre gunslinger that this league has been needing for a while. I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. Arizona, though, is historically bad historically bad against tight ends. And if you look at the statistics, you go to FF Toolbox, you can go to the points allowed report, you'll see what I'm talking about. They are the worst team we've seen in years against the tight ends because they corner the they, – they have the wide receivers. They're doing a very good job of that, but they're leaving the middle of the field because that's all the quarterback has to throw to. That means Garrett Graham has an opportunity. He hasn't done much with it since he took over for Owen Daniels. He caught four of his six so targets in, uh, in week nine. What's that? You're going you're gonna to stick with him then. Garrett Graham scores a touchdown this year, book or this week, this week. Garrett Graham scores a touchdown. Andre Ellington, look, they're saying he's going to get 20 touches this week. I'm not excited about Richard Mendenhall. What are your thoughts on Andre Ellington, AJ? He's a must-star, right? Absolutely, especially in a PPR league. I think he could be a, a, a dynamite the rest of the way in. He may even be their starter for next year going on in. Yep. I like Michael yep. Floyd in this game. He scored in two of his last three games, has five or more catches in four of his last five. I like active wide receivers. He's finally getting things together. It took him a little while, but the last four or five games, he's really got it going. Broncos at Chargers. What can we say, fellas? This is a 4-30 game that we're all going to be watching. This is the game that we're going to be watching, right? Because offensive fireworks, everybody, start them all, sit back, relax. Nothing more needs to be talked about. You're starting everybody, right? Well, you got to. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's going to be – it's a shootout. Over and under is 58. I mean, come on. Keenan Allen, even for San Diego. Keenan Allen's going to have a ball. I mean, th- these guys, it's going to be fantastic to watch. And, uh, I, wow, it's it's going to be amazing. Yeah, the so. Chargers better bring it. The Chargers better bring it at home in front of their home crowd because the Denver defense looked fantastic last week or the last time they played against the uh, the Redskins, right? I think that's what it was. I uh, I would not be happy if I was a Ryan Matthews owner. 
he saw his streak of 20-plus touches end in that game. He had just seven carries. So he's the only guy I'm not really excited about. Gates is going to be a monster. Woodhead's going to be a monster. Keenan Allen's going to be a monster. And, of course, all your Broncos, uh, you, you got to get in your lineup. Cowboys at the Saints, the late game on Sunday night. Uh, we, we are hearing that Des Bryant – I got a phone call from a, from a guy that had an inside information on the on the Dez's back, and he said it was worse than they expected. And now Dez is coming out saying he's fine. So I don't know if they're shooting him up with pain or what have you, but he's got a bad back. That's the bottom line. He's got a bad back. So look for Jason Witten to get some action this Jason. week. Yeah, get really back. He, yep. he got back against the Vikings. He caught eight passes. I think they're going to go back to the well there. You got Terrence Williams, but you never know with Terrence Williams because they might go the other direction. And, and throw some to Harris like he did last week in the end zone there. But I do like Terrence Williams. Uh, DeMarco Murray, you have to get in the lineup. And then the Saints. Uh, A.J., tell us what the hell's going on with the Saints wide receivers. I don't know who to, who to take there. Yeah, their wide receiver position just is a mess. Uh, Colson looks like he's past his prime. Um, probably Kenny Stills is probably a nice one to see that he's going to come on the rest of the year. You know who led the, the, the team in snaps, wide receiver snaps, was actually Nick Toon and then Kenny Stills, and then Lance Moore. So it's very interesting to see what the hell they're doing there. You know it's going to Jimmy Graham. I'll tell you, lucky P. Pierre Thomas had at least 80 yards in four straight games, 90-plus in three of them. With Darren Sproles banged up, Thomas is the guy that just he could keep it going against the Dallas defense, gives up the third most catches and second most yards to opposing running backs. I like lucky P in my DraftKings lineup. I said it right here, good value on lucky P. Pierre Thomas. Always underrated. Uh, and, I, and I don't start Marquez Colson. He hasn't scored since week one, has not produced 20 yards receiving in a game since week five. I'm still benching Marquez Colson. Last game on the docket, Dolphins at the Bucks Monday night. Uh, I will tell you this. I like what Lamar Miller's doing. I like what Mike James is doing. The running backs, very good, very strong. Wallace, I'm not happy about because I, I'll tell you this. The Buccaneers are vicious against uh, wide receivers and, and number one wide receivers. They don't do – they don't give you much at all. Uh, statistically, you could check it out. Uh, very difficult to throw against. Charles well, Clay, who we were excited about, they are calling him the next Gronk and everything. He hadn't reached 40 yards in three straight games, and Tampa hasn't allowed 50 yards to a tight end since week two. So don't get too excited about Charles Clay filling in a gap for you. I do like Mike Glennon. I do like Mike James. I like Tannehill. I like Miller. Those are really the only guys I'm excited about, Mikey. Yeah, real quick, uh, in this game, I love the way Tampa played their last game. It was uh, it was heartfelt. It was uh, emotional uh, just for the fact that, look, they haven't won a game, and they, were, they tried so hard, and you can see the effort on the field. And I think that's going to carry over into this game uh, against Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, A.J., the Tampa – Defense has allowed five uh, the last the last four games. The backs are averaging 141 yards and a touchdown. Lamar Miller looks pretty good. Well, it looks like Miami finally figured out how talented he was and how to utilize him properly. Uh, I actually like Lamar Miller going forward now. Looks like they figured it out with him. And I like Tim Dwight, the tight end. Uh, go ahead and get him in your lineups and keep him there. AJ, good luck this week in Rotable. Always uh, Nice to have a, a team still undefeated at week nine. That one team is you, my man, and uh, you've got as good a shot as any uh, to take the whole thing down. So good luck to you the rest of the way, and, and come back to Red versus Blue anytime. Thank you. I hope we're talking about 10-0 and 0 next week. All right. Hey, that sounds great. Keep going, AJ. Keep going, AJ, bud. All right. Thanks a lot. AJ Tedesco, Team Gliders on the Rotobowl leaderboard, 9-0 and 0 on the season. We'll be very exciting to watch him and see. If we put the Red versus Blue jinx on him, man, he came on. And I, I, I didn't uh, didn't have to uh, you know pay him a whole big bunch of cash you know. He, he uh, I don't think we put the I don't I don't think we put the jinx on him. He he's he's looking pretty good. He's looking pretty. Brothers good. Mayhem says Miami will romp on Tampa Bay, Mike. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch. I'm gonna Let's go on and answer that, Brothers Mayhem. I'm gonna answer the forty some odd questions on Facebook. If anybody want from the chat room wants to join me over on the FF Toolbox Facebook wall and help me out on this. It would allow me to get to the party a little bit quicker. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to be here all night on there. Mike, always fun to talk to you, my man. Uh, hey, you're, you're doing great. Thanks, you're doing Scott. fantastic in Rotable. Congratulations. Hey, I appreciate so it, man. We're uh, we're seven one and one, and 
uh, we got about an eighty-point lead, and we just need to uh, we need to win this week and one week at a time. The old cliche, right? <laughs> uh, there's a couple of spots left in the FF Toolbox weekly game. Get on in there. Go to the Week Ten button. I'm in it. On the I'm already in. article, and you'll find the contest. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.